Hello and welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast for the uh, second day of E3. It's our fourth Strongcast this week. We're flagging now, boys. We're seriously flagging now. Uh, unfortunately, we've got some slight technical problems today. There's a little bit of a delay between my speaking and Matt speaking, so you're going to have to bear with us on this one. We're, uh, we're at the mercy of uh, Matt's hotel Wi-Fi. Matt, you've um, literally just got back from uh, a big Forza 4 party. You had a really busy day on the yep. show floor. What have you seen? Uh, well, what haven't I seen? Uh, uh, quite a bit, actually. But I'll tell you what I did see. I went to Konami stand. I saw a few things that Konami had. There's playable Peace Walker code there, which is really cool. I didn't get a chance because I had uh, an interview with the Silent Hill guys immediately afterwards, um, which I, I can tell you about in a moment. But it's looking really, really good. Peace Walker is a great uh, game. As, now. as you know, it shouldn't I mean, be written off as just like a simple little handheld game. It's one of the best Metal Gears, like no question. And our readers shouldn't be too worried about us uh, playing it at the show floor because we will be playing it back here in the UK. Yeah, next week. But having Peace Walker and Metal Gear Solid 3 in the same bundle, like you can even ignore two, like 3 and Peace Walker, that's a devastating package. Mm-hmm. Like that's a package to rival Resi 4 and code veronica yeah that's probably a package to beat that them actually um so no that's seriously cool site hill uh da, 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 what what can i say it was they've got some decent ideas they've borrowed stuff from pretty much every Silent hill so like the the shattered memories running chase sequence they've got that in it's not they they don't use that as the only like there's still proper combat. It's not like Shattered Memories where that's the only danger zone. That's not the case at all. But I was watching it. It's like, oh, that's taken from Homecoming. That's taken from uh, Shattered Memories. And that was kind of cool. It um, feels Alan Wakey in places. It it was massively unpolished. I mean, I think it was pre-alpha. And it, and it really showed. I don't know if that's going to do the game damage. I think people might walk away thinking it's not that good. When it probably will end up pretty decent. Um but it's just really early code. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, after that, I went in and played Dead Island for an hour. Uh, something I wasn't really looking forward to uh, at all, in fact. And um, I loved it. I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. We played four-player co-op. Um, it was like It's like Borderlands in many, many ways. Uh, Borderlands crossed with Left 4 Dead. And as you know, Mike, I'm a big Borderlands fan. Yeah. Uh, it's just really satisfying. You have... Uh, one of the things I like best about it, you've got um, a weapon wheel. You've got eight weapons in your wheel, and you can basically switch between them on the fly. Uh, I think you hold right bumper and then just choose with, with the right stick what you, you select. And uh, you can throw them with by using a left trigger and then hurling it with the with right trigger. So you've got these eight weapons you can swap between. You can power them up, so throwing daggers. Well, normal daggers you can make into explosive throwing daggers on workbenches uh, I, I bought a mace i then electrified it on a workbench uh and they've, they've got a nice headshot system only obviously it's not headshots it's head bashing so if you bring down a mace on a head um with enough force you basically just blow it apart into little jibs and if you attack someone's head with uh with a hunting knife uh, you can carve it off in pretty much one hit and it works really well and you've got different types especially infected you've got tanks that charge you have to jump aside and get them in the back uh it was just a a real fun game to play it seems massive there are tons of things to do loads of side quests you know i'm seriously looking forward to it it's a game i will definitely be playing at home and i'll be playing at home a lot oh good um 
from that i uh i had my sad lunch which was a uh they do something here in the u.s called a, a, a meal replacement bar which is just like a load of chocolate chip and so it's just a, big, a load of calories in a stick yeah that was my lunch yeah um but it was cool because <laughs> I, I thought well yesterday my lunch was a nutrigrain bar while walking between the halls i thought i'm gonna sit down and eat my lunch today so i did so i went and sat down and ate, ate my lunch in the skyrim demo Ah. And uh, the Skyrim presentation, uh, I, I should just say, I haven't seen Bioshock yet and I haven't seen Batman yet. I'm seeing both tomorrow. In fact, I'm playing Batman tomorrow. But I don't think I need to see them to say that Skyrim is the game so of the, the show. the three games feel... we're hearing that are game of the show are Batman, Skyrim, and Bioshock Infinite. You haven't seen Infinite or Batman yet. You've seen one of the uh, the, the Holy Trinity. Yeah. I'm going to see the other two tomorrow, and, and I may well be eating my words tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure I won't be. I cannot imagine anything coming close to matching Skyrim. So tell it's me what, that... what was what was so amazing about Skyrim. It looked about two generations ahead of Oblivion, without exaggerating. I don't know how they're doing it on the same hardware. Uh, in fact, we asked. I asked the question both to lead artist and to to Todd Howard himself, uh, and you can read about them in the next issue of Xbox World. Um, it, so, technically, and the impressive thing is, like like the previous video that was released, the, the presentation was done entirely on the 360. I mean, normally at trade shows, you get, like, they wheel out the old nuclear power PCs. That's how they've been demoing Battlefield, for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about that in a moment, because I actually played Battlefield 3. Um but yeah, so it was it was done on the 360, which was just astonishing. Uh, it was a massive, massive chunk of game they showed us. It was a lengthy old demo. It must have gone on about 45 minutes, uh, during which he traversed quite a bit of the map. Went inside a, a big, um, like Nordic ruin uh, place through a cave. Came out, battled some dragons, battled some uh, mammoths, saw something of everything, and like. People were just stunned to silence afterwards. The amount of work that has gone into that game doesn't marry up to the amount of time they've had with it. Mm. Like it's, it's been in it looks as though they've the end of Fallout 3, right? Yeah, it looks as though they've had a decade to put it together. It's that far advanced. I think it's astonishing. I'm quite frightened about what we're going to have to do when it comes to review. Like, we will have to make up some numbers. I'll have to get out my maths textbook. Yeah. Yeah. And see what I can do. So that was without a start doubt. Things, start raining it with numbers to the power of other numbers. Yeah. So that was without a doubt the highlight of the show for me today. But after that, I went to play Battlefield 3. Yeah. I went to play... Um, this is the multiplayer demo on the show floor. The Paris. Yeah. Pack. Was it yeah, Death Paris. Match? Was it Rush? Conquest? It was Rush. Right. Uh, our team won. Yeah. Um, so you and I have talked, I think we might have talked about it on the podcast before. We've definitely talked about it in the office before, but people in this industry are largely shit at games. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Journos for the most part are shit at games. That's not to Um, say that we're brilliant, although Matt often is, but like generally speaking, we are, we are pretty good. We're competent. We can hold our own in any game. Give us 10 minutes on any game. And by the 15th minute, we'll be holding our own and looking respectful. Whereas, you go to an event like E3 and you run across a lot of people who couldn't be playing any worse if they were playing using only their lips to control it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I sat in the Battlefield demo and we had our little introduction. And it's like, oh, you're going to play it. I didn't realise it was hands-on before I went in. It's like, oh, you're going to play it. I looked around. I thought, 
oh crap it's on pc and the only reason i thought that like oh crap it was a negative thought was because the last time i played a pc shooter it was uh 2006 i think and it yeah. was half-life 2 it's been a while since was you had your hands on the wsd keys right it is honestly been five years since i played a first person shooter uh no since i played a game pretty much on pc mm-hmm. uh so so i was faced with the embarrassing realization that i didn't know how to control it um so I stood up there, I readied myself, and I thought, right, I'll do this. Make, make the claw with my left hand. It's like, okay, I can sort of do this. Uh, ended up running the wrong way for a little while. Um, but I, I soon got used to the mouse sensitivity and whatnot. Uh, and I got into it, and I really got into it. I thought it was great. I, I accidentally hit the win- the Windows button a couple of times, so it yeah. went back to the... But it's all right, I clicked on the screen, everything was fixed. Um End up killing a few people, killing a lot of people. By the end of the demo, I came second out of everyone. How did that happen? Well done. I don't get well it. Done, I don't well done, Well done. So, um, Battlefield 3, honestly, um, it makes... I know it's coming to 360, but that one demo makes me want to rush out and drop two grand on a ridiculous PC to play it at home. Oh, you don't need to spend can, two grand on a PC. Fully... If, it was, if it was running, if it was a Mac, maybe two grand. But you could, you could build a PC which will run that for, you know... 600 quid 700 quid maybe i mean i mean you know that john strike is the biggest battlefield fan in the world he's like put in about 700 800 900 hours to to bad company too he's gonna i think it is at 700 hour mark now i think because he, he basically only plays that game he comes home on a night and then plays that game for eight hours and goes to bed yeah <laughs> uh, he's going to lose his mind yeah. he really is, it's his dream game well, we were talking about it in and... the office yesterday and to talk about some of the things that uh, that you experienced There's, um, you can be killed by falling debris now if uh, someone sh- hits a building when you're near it and it collapses on you like okay. if, 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 you're just, if just the whole building doesn't collapse but just some debris falls that can kill you they've done away with the medic class now replaced it with a support class uh, these yeah, days the assault class gets the medikit and the support class yeah, actually we gets told uh, us. XP for suppressing people. If you're firing on on their position, like with you know holding the trigger down, keeping people's heads down, well, it what it does it makes their camera shake a little bit, makes their camera wobble around, so that yep. way they can't just like pop out from around cover, put a sh- put a bullet between your eyes easily. Like they they really do feel suppressed. They have to keep their head down. Yeah, it's you do almost that, like XP, you know yeah. brothers in arms was all about suppression. So uh, yeah, the assault class and the medic has been uh, conjoined because we were told like. It was the assaults who needed the medics most of all because they were at the front lines and the medics had to run up and were getting shot. So yeah. that's why they put them together. They balanced uh, this slightly by making the a defibrillator's charge. You have to charge them up before you use them. You've got like a good like four or five second charge before you can revive your friends. So recon classes, the snipers, they now can hold their breath for a couple of seconds to steady their aim because it's a little bit more shaky than it was before. Uh-huh. The trade-off, when you finish holding your breath, it's even shakier. Uh, and then is the fourth class, um, I could be Engineer. remembering this completely wrong. Uh, is it the engineers who have the underslung flashlight who can blind yeah, they, people they, with that's, the flashlight? That's the new thing. They've got a flashlight, so that it makes them very good to send into tunnels and so on. And there are tunnels. Yep. There's a map you played, you can go into the Paris subway. Yeah, certainly. The, uh, the second phase of the map, uh, bombs went off and you went down into the subway and it was all not quite close quarters combat, but lots of twists and turns and corridors and stuff it was a great map an amazing game uh i'm really looking forward to it um so from battlefield i went on i saw some uh, sega stuff saw sonic saw anarchy reign saw binary domain 
uh, binary domains uh, uses voice control. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, no, we heard that yesterday. Kind of similar way to Mass Effect, not as not as clever, but I do like the fact that you recruit your team, and uh, I can't remember all their names, but there's someone called Rachel, and basically when you're in the fight, you could just go Rachel, and she go, "What do you want?" And you can get like move up and she'll be like yeah or no if she doesn't trust you because there's a trust system okay. and that's kind of cool i think yeah. that's nice that you know you got this little report and it, it sort of works it didn't quite work in a demo when he he's like regroup it never regroup. does i mean the one group. thing one thing you're never going to demo on the um, e3 show floor is voice control so it's, oh, that, it's a thunderous place now this was in a, a private room upstairs quiet room it's oh, still Eight times he tried to regroup, and only on the eighth time was it registered. And was it registered as regroup? regroup? Was it bollocks? The response was, Roger, we're retreating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, tragic. How does binary um, domain look? I mean, it's, uh, this is the game by the uh, the guy who created uh, Yakuza. Was he there? Yeah. Looking oh, at oranges as the day is long? There, were, there was... Uh, there was a guy sat in front of me who was trying to get him to sign his Yakuza copy. He brought it especially to get it signed by him. You don't want that. That's just embarrassing. Um, it, it looked all right. It, yeah, it, like they've got some cool things. Like you can shoot the limbs off the robots and so obviously shoot the legs and they'll crawl to you. And it's a very Terminator-style crawl. If you shoot their, their arm off with the weapon, they'll turn around. If they've got their other arm, they like pick it up with their other arm and then come back at you. There's some nice things going on. It looks... I don't know how to put it into words. It's just Japanese games that do Western city environments albeit this is set in Japan, actually. Um, but, you know, modern city environments all look the same. Like, from menus to the, the buildings to the colour scheme, it looks like if you put it next to Mindjack, Square Enix Mindjack, mm-hmm. I defy someone. Like, take out the enemies, tell me which is which. I don't think you could do it. There's just no personality to that world. But the, the combat seems cool. The voice commands, yeah, they're, they're kooky. It looks all right. Uh, we need to see more. We need to play it. But I think it could be decent. Good. Um, Good. Sonic. Uh, I put a news story because obviously I'm doing some stuff for official Xbox while I'm out here. I put a news story up. I, I asked the question whether or not to Izuka-san, um, whether classic Sonic, this was just, you know, a one-off to celebrate the 20th anniversary or maybe Sega in realising their mistakes with Sonic over the, the last few years. Uh, we're making a conscious effort to, you know, recapture their past glories and look back to the originals and, you know, really embrace old Sonic again, classic Sonic, bring him back. And uh, no, no, it's just a one-off. Just a one-off. He said, he said classic Sonic will never appear in a Sonic game. Uh, so we're stuck with a uh, new Sonic who goes around hitting on human girls. Yeah. The dirty bugger. Um, so uh, are you going to have to beat that F word out? Oh, we've already cussed up this week. People, people were Total people were excited to hear me uh, curse. Someone said before uh, before this started, um, it's li- it's you, it's live and unedited. You know Mike's going to swear, don't you? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, Mike probably is. Have sure. you been swearing? Yeah, I did, did it on Monday. Did it on Monday. Uh, but uh, see, been... otherwise, I've kept a, I've kept a lid on the cursing. To be fair, see, in my, the um, office, you swear more my... than I do these days. Yeah, I get a I game do. of FIFA on the go. Tim swears more than everybody. Yeah, it does. Uh, um, so I saw Dark Souls. I had a 30-minute demo. Oh, I was oh, looking. 
oh wait my 30 minute demo ended up being five minutes 34 seconds oh brilliant um <laughs> it's looking nice from the tiny tiny morsel of a, a demo that i saw uh, and, and played in fact is yeah it's you and i know demon souls inside out and for readers who know demon souls i think they are absolutely convinced that dark souls is going to be something special for 360 for people who don't know demon souls take our word for it for now um we've told you a little bit in the past we'll tell you a lot more in the future um it's going to be great from five minutes, I could tell. It's going to be great, but it's going to be released in October. It's going to be released opposite Batman. It's going to be released opposite Forza. It's going to be released right between Gears and Skyrim. That is uh, that will be a challenge for the biggest AAA game you've ever played. And as good as Dark yeah. Souls is, I think it's going to get steamrolled. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did see, uh, which was a nice surprise, because I wasn't down to see it. I was told it was all fill- filled up, but uh, I got in. Uh, that was Soul Calibur V. Uh, got a nice long demo, got a nice long chat um, with the producer, uh, obviously via translator. Um, it's, you know, it's all caliber. Tell the people what you told me earlier. They've literally done away with half the cast, right? And created yeah, a brand new cast for the game. It, so it follows, so it follows uh, the, the son and the daughter of Safita. Uh, they're the two main characters. Uh, there's bigger focus placed on those characters. There are a lot of... of of new characters uh i, I don't want to say everything because we've got some really cool content for the next issue and in fact the issue after as well but one tiny snippet that really stood out for me was like they were so keen on like making it feel like an evolution rather than just the same game just with a couple of new characters that they considered scrapping the entire roster which is i mean that's a major deal um didn't Street Fighter try to do that, Mike, at one point? Uh, Third Strike, yeah. Third Strike did away with all of the cast, and uh, the response to the beta test was so bad, they had to introduce Ryu and Ken for the uh, final version of the first Street Fighter 3. <laughs> for the second Street Fighter 3, right. I think they brought in Chun-Li as well, and then by the third one, you had uh, you had like four, five of the original cast. I think it was five. Well, well there are definitely old characters here. I mean, I saw Siegfried, I saw the Mitsurugi, uh, and I, can't remember, I might have seen a couple more as well. Um... But yeah, I'm, and and like their new styles are going to be very different from what we've played before. Apparently, I don't know if that it's going to be quite as wacky and kooky as something in say Arcana Heart Three or even you know, uh, Blaze Blue has a few you know very well, odd. I was characters. watching the um, gameplay trailer, and to me, to my eyes, it looks a lot stiffer. It looks a lot more wooden. Yeah, that and, was interesting. You know, because they were saying. Uh, it needs to be more. It, they want it to be faster and more fluid, which is what I wasn't getting. Well, that's you know, the funny think. thing is, I think they might mean that from a more like fighterly uh, point of view, because when you look at it, it looks stiffer and it looks more wooden. But what that does is it makes the game much more readable. The problem yeah. with Soul Calibur three and four was you couldn't tell when it, where anyone was going to attack from, and you didn't have time to react when they did. It wasn't a very readable game. It was very hard to anticipate, very hard to see what was going to happen next. And one of the big things that makes Street Fighter so great is the mind reading game you know what they can do you can always see it coming you've always got a chance and you can you know just when you look at the screen and all you see is matrix code you can just sort of decode what they what their options are how they might attack and then you sort of have to gamble on what it's going to be and prepare for one of the possible options you couldn't do that with soul Calibur before or at least it was very difficult to if they make the game more readable then that's a really good thing, and it looked much more readable to me, in the uh, same way the first Soul Calibur was very readable. Yeah. Um, so from that, I then... Uh, I went outside the convention centre, actually, because, you know, it costs a hell of a lot of money to um, 
to have a stand and even just a, a little meeting room at the at the expo center not everyone can afford it so i went off to a little hotel nearby where i played serious sam 3 funny enough on pc having not played a pc shooter for five years I, I, i've played two in one day um serious sam 3 and i got to see an xbox live arcade game called serious sam double d uh you know people are thinking eh, serious sam you know yeah i had such a blast uh serious sam, i mean it's just like the the older ones uh but it looks great there you know there's a few new weapons like some damage environmental damage comes into play uh but i don't know it's just the sight of over a score of uh, kamikaze drones just running towards you going ah as they do in classic serious sam fashion and having to mow them down with chain gun fire it's a riot and the uh, the, the real cool thing is that i didn't know that the xbla game double d was there um so it's like do you want to see it it's like yeah absolutely so i sat down it's only made by the guy who made heavy weapon the xbox like, live indie game yeah, yeah, one of the first indie games and one that the internet, like a lot of people on the internet, really embraced, thought this is great, this is one of the best things out there when, you know, the indie portal first launched. Yeah. Um, and he was a great bloke, we got chatting. It does, you know, it's a it's a side-scrolling shooter, um, but it does a couple of, really, it does one thing in particular that I think is extremely cool and people are going to really respond to it, I'm sure. Um, I don't know whether to... Oh, you can't it. tease it. You gotta tell people. Okay, so, so um, so that there are there are female kamikaze drones. Uh, I can't. He did tell me what they were called. I've forgotten now. It's written down. Uh, for some reason they're topless, but they hold their bombs over their boobs, okay. so you don't see any nipple or anything. And they charge at you. And uh, he, he tried to kill them, and he died pretty much straight away because they're too powerful. So it's like I wasn't powerful enough to kill them, but I've got this metal bracket. And uh, so throughout the game, you can collect metal brackets. And what you do, you've got a weapon, and then in the inventory screen, you put a metal bracket on top, and you put on another weapon. So you attach another gun to, to your gun. So you stack guns, and you can stack up to six guns at once. So you can have like, and you can get multiples. So you can get like three, well, a couple of rocket launchers or something. So you can have like rocket launcher, shotgun, assault rifle, rocket launcher, pistol. Stick a chainsaw on the top that is top heavy, so it's leaning down forward, so the chainsaw will still get people. And you're firing like six different weapons at once. All these things hurling it towards you. You go back to the Jurassic Cage. There's like a Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park 3 there. And you're like chainsawing him and firing rockets and stuff at once. It's a hell of a lot of fun. You can totally see heavy weapon in it. Uh, basically, um, guys who wanted to make, who wanted a serious sound game made, saw what he did on, on that and his projects afterwards and said, look, do you want to come and make it? And of course, he jumped at the chance. Yeah. Um, you know what I? Yeah, I think we'll be doing something on it in in, uh, in a following issue because it was really cool. Good. Um, so that was a very pleasant surprise, much like Dead Island was earlier in the day. And then to finish up, I went to um, to interview the Final Fantasy Thirteen two guys, um, and that was interesting. They had a few interests. They were, I mean, I, I missed the very start of the interview thanks to a, a little bit of a PR mix-up, but. Um, they were quite forthcoming with the fact that they understood people weren't happy with 13. Um, they knew, like, they weren't blind to the criticisms. I don't, I don't believe that they've, 
they've addressed them all because I've played Final Fantasy 13 too and there are still definite problems in there but it, it was nice to hear them accept them and talk about the reasoning why they made certain choices why they didn't make certain other choices and yeah it was uh it, it was good it was a really good day on paper like the day was pretty crap if I'm honest when you look at um, you know, relative to what's at the show floor, if you, I had like Silent Hill interview, Dead Island Hour, I, um, I had something done for Rise of Nightmares, but I, I ended up going to play Battlefield in, instead. Um, you know, some Sega things and Serious Sam and Final Fantasy interview. That's a pretty poor day by E3 showing, but it turned into gold with, you know, with Skyrim and Battlefield and and a couple of surprises. Yeah. And then uh, tonight I've just got back um, because I was at a Forza 4 event. Um, at E3, loads of different publishers put on loads of different events every night. Uh, tonight is the first time actually I've, I've managed to get out because I've been writing. And in fact, I, I put off my writing to do so. So immediately after this podcast, I've got an hour or so of writing. Um, but at the Forza 4 event, I ran into uh, Dan Greenewalt, obviously the main guy for Forza. Uh, we've chatted to him many times in the past for the magazine. He said some very cool and interesting things, which will be printing next issue um i also ran into todd howard very very briefly which is when i asked him about skyrim um very little guy very very short he's power. very tiny yeah he's a, he's a tiny guy he's uh, knee sized yeah um pocket sized <laughs> he, he's lovely though i think he's great i could chat to him all day uh and i had a funny uh, moment at they... e3 last year where um well, here's one the one thing you should know about todd howard is the guy loves madden Loves Madden more than life itself, and why can work out. He uh he rolled like you know he's a, he's notoriously a big fan of Madden. He uh he rolled by the he rolled by EA's booth while I was there. I was playing I think Need for Speed at the time, the uh, Criterion one, and he just rolled on by with uh with a bunch of other guys from Bethesda, and came out to the EA booth. He said like I'm just I just want to play some Madden. I just want to see the new Madden. And so they, some guy was uh, playing uh, on the Madden machine. He just walked straight up to him. He was like, basically, basically, I was I was far away, and E3 show floor was louder than what he said. But it was the equivalent of, you, off. Todd Howard's here, <laughs> and then he just stuck Todd Howard on the machine, let him play it. Brilliant. It's the clout you got when Absolutely you made Oblivion. Amazing. Yeah, no, and and rightly so. Um, oh, I also uh, last night I think one the. I can't remember. I was so out of it last night. I can't really remember what we talked about in the podcast. But one thing I do remember is that I ranted about Need for Speed. So I went back and I actually, because I had a hands-on on the show floor on the first day, I went back. I thought I'll sit through a presentation and I'll chat to to the guys yeah. uh, about it. So I chatted to uh, I think Jason DeLong, um, who his job title escapes me, but I think he's like design director, creative director. Uh, he's pretty high up. Um, I feel quite unprofessional for not remembering, but hey, it's been an, an extremely long day. And I, I threw some questions over to him, kind of voicing my fears, uh, dressed up so it didn't sound like it was me panning it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you gotta be, uh, if you want to get an answer, you got to be a bit tactful. You can't just, you can't just yeah, say to so, the man, hey, so you your know, game's pretty shit. Why is it so shit? Like this new game is, is pretty crap. Yeah. Um, no, I, but at the same time, you've got I, I to avoid the uh, line of question, which you often hear at these events, which is essentially, um, you're get, hey, hey, dude, you're awesome and your game is awesome. Tell me, how awesome <laughs> is your game? Oh, so many people. Like, is, who are these? How did they get into E3? The amount of interviews I've been in where people are like, I love your game. Can, can, the Sega thing again, can you please translate and tell him that I really love Vanquish? I love playing it. I thought it was really good. Stop it. Go away. Get out. You don't belong um, here. There's men working. 
so uh, so I asked him. So I said basically, like our readers have you know seen the trailer and they're concerned that the cutscenes completely take away from the driving element. Uh, can you put their minds you know to rest? So uh, you know it was very much a case of we have a concern. Tell us why we shouldn't be concerned. And he he you know he, he tried to do that. So uh, so yeah, fair play to the guy. I absolutely appreciate that he gave me the chance. Um, I, he talked a good game, but ultimately I didn't play a good game, so I'm sticking with my opinion. Yeah. Um, but interesting no, he, thing came out of EA yesterday, actually. Um, old Frank Jabot from uh, EA, EA exec Frank, um, said to Jeff Keighley on Game Trailers um, about Mirror's Edge. They're they're definitely doing Mirror's Edge too. Oh yeah, Frostbite too apparently. Yeah, we're actively looking out to bring it back in the right way. We love the franchise. The Dice Guys really created something special the first time round. You got to have a big idea to be able to do the next one, and that's what we're working on. Cool, cool. Um, uh, is that it? Oh, the fours are very, very quickly. Uh, Travis Parker uh, from Blink One Eight Two drummer uh, was playing, as was uh, a Beastie Boy. Uh, don't don't ask me which one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know who they are. Um, I know who the Beastie Boys are. Just to be clear. Um, uh, before your DJing time, uh, just, and, just tell people before and, your uh, time. And what's his name? Is it Quentin Rampage? Quentin Jackson, Rampage Jackson. Yes. Who was B. A. Baracus in uh, the new AT movie, but obviously UFC fighter as well. He was there. I also, interviewed him a couple guy... of years ago for the UFC game back when he was still, yeah. uh, still fighting in the UFC. I'm I'm actually taller than him. I, I've got I've got a good I've got a good three or four inches on him, but he's got about a hundred pounds and a whole lot of muscle and yeah. enough talent to 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 punch me into the moon. So I figured I wouldn't bring it up, you know. I, I mean, I thought I thought I might call him out. No, I was no. like, you know, uh, I'm, also, I'm pretty big. I'm a big guy. I can probably take this guy. But I thought, no, you know what? No, it would be Mike. Let him off. Let him off. It'd be let him off easy. I mean, he's been the you know he's the UFC heavyweight champion and all. Side by side, I walked off. Good plan. Um, I also uh, I also saw a guy from Dexter. Um, Masu- what's his name? Mizuki or something. Masuda, yeah. Yeah, he was he was there, <laughs> which was kind of weird. Why why not? Yeah. Let's just have him there. So no, it was kind of cool. It was a good evening, a uh, very good day in fact, and I'm looking for a day in which, as I said before, I'm seeing some massive massive games. I've got a uh, Batman playable. I've got Hitman demo. I've got a Bioshock demo. I've got interviews with Halo guys. That's Halo um, Combat Evolved remake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know they're still not to be sniffed at. They're pretty rare to come. come yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm interviewing. Uh, I've got a, you know a session with Pete Molyneux in the new Fable game. Uh, we're chatting to Sefton Hill from uh, from Rocksteady. We're seeing THQ chatting to the guys behind the SmackDown game in Metro. Hey, well, uh, our next issue is just reconculus. The, the amount of content we got crammed into the next issue is already obscene. And Matt's been sending interview content home. We've been getting it transcribed. Uh, uh, a, a belting pace and uh, I mean, the amount of content we got is insane every single major e3 game we've got comments from every developer on it you know we've got the magazine absolutely ran with new connect games new xbox games and in the coming months we'll we, you know we'll be going into lots of detail on these but right now it's just getting down every new fact we can cramming it all into one issue and just trying to produce this kind of guide this guide you can take away and just be like well now i know what happened to e3 all of it and that's yeah. that's what we're putting together back home in, in Matt's absence with Matt's help. So um, so yeah, and with that, I think I better sign off because I've got another hour or so of writing to do. It's half. Oh shit! It's half one for me. Oh well, I'm up till hey, two thirty. Yeah, you get to play Forza. 
Yes, uh, I played it with the new wireless wheel. And it's on the Alpine track, right? Uh, no, I played the Top Gear test track oh, okay. at the Forza event. Because on the show floor, uh, they're demoing the Alpine track, as far as we know. Yeah, no, I so I did it just now at the event. Uh, wireless wheels, kind of, I, I, you know, you look at it and think, oh, no resistance. It, it sort of works, you know, it's fine. I wouldn't choose to play yeah. it with that wheel over a pad. But people who, you know, are considering it, you know what, it works. Go for it. It's it's kind of fun. Well, so Forza um, is a really exciting game. I mean, we, there's a lot of things we already knew about. We've already talked about on the podcast. You've got 16 player racing now. Miraculous. Yeah. You've got six new locations. You've got 80 manufacturers, over 500 cars. You've got expansions. And now we've been looking into it. And the expansions in Forza 4, unlike Forza 3, you wait to buy them one car at a time if you want. If you only want one car in a pack, you can get just one car. They've got a new lighting system which lets them change the time of day on the track however they want. So they can actually set up events there in the late evening, in the morning. They haven't talked about night racing yet. To be honest, I'm not sure how desirable it is anyway. So, I mean, it's not uh, yeah. it's not a big deal if it's not there. But being able to set it at different times of day, I think is a big deal. Check uh, out this, this ridiculous extravagance. So at the Forza event, it's like a few celebs there and stuff and music and whatnot. They, they were, <laughs> there was valet parking and uh, people. some people got gold tickets. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not driving, but for the people who live in LA and whatnot, they drove there. Um, and then the gold ticket cars were parked upstairs. And then, because it was, I don't know, it was like on a converted, like it was at some rooftop thing. Um, but it, I think it was probably like, Car park by day, event place by night. Right. Um, a big marquee set up. Just, just stank um, of petrol so cars. And uh, and apparently at the end of the night, one of them was to be picked to be fully modelled in the, as one of the DLC cars. Jeez. So someone is getting their car in Forza. <laughs> you know that was there was there was no random selection there. Some because you could end up with some clapped out piece of shit. <laughs> Modelled and playable in Forza 3, literally not even an E-class car, barely like an, uh, barely like a K-class car. Well, they've got like the seed car, you know, the starting reasonably priced car, like the, is it the, oh, I'm crap with man- manufacturers, but the, the seed is there. Yeah, the key of seed. Yeah, so. They have that in, right, because they've got like the actual Top Gear challenge, you know, and here's the thing, you're going to, you're going to race that Top Gear challenge, and as far as I know, they reckon you're not going to do it any faster than guys can do it on the show. You know, if you if you beat the guys on the show, you've legitimately beaten the guys on the show. Yeah, that's that's hot. Um, we had a little video, hello, from... They're like, oh, guest stars here. I'm like, oh, wicked. And then it's like, um, Clarkson comes up on screen saying, oh, here's blah, blah, blah. And then some guy in a stick helmet walked out. And it's like, oh... Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> and they did this faux fo- 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 interview for two minutes where the stick said nothing. And it's like, oh... He's gonna walk around now. It's like it's a guy in a helmet. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> uh, that that joke was played out back in about two thousand four, I think. Yeah, but, but you know it was a good event. So Clarkson it, it... talks you through every single car in the game. There's over five hundred cars, and he will talk you through every one of them. Yeah, no, and in fact, Dan. Uh, oh, before we were talking about uh, before we start recording, I was telling you what I I chatted to Dan Greenwald about, and I said that there was a question I couldn't remember what it was. That was it. It was about Top Gear, like how in- integral is it to the Forza experience? And he was saying about working with Clarkson and the other guys, and what it's like and what it means to them and what they've put into it. Um, so that again, for our readers, is something they can uh, read about in uh, in an issue coming soonish excellent I, I don't know the dates off the top of my head so i'm being deliberately vague and that's the lot so you're out for another day back to writing and off to bed 
Yep. A uh, bit of writing, bit of sleep, not too much of the last three days or anything to go by. And then the busiest day of all tomorrow, nine till six, wall-to-wall interviews and and presentations. I only have 30 minutes currently free, and you know that ain't going to stay free. Um, and we'll come back for one final podcast tomorrow and wrap up the E3 show. You can, we can uh, pass judgment on the whole show then. We'll talk about what's hot. We'll talk about all the big games, talk about the small games, the games which uh, surprised people, came out of nowhere. We'll talk about who won, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony. Wrap up the whole week, get you on a plane, get you back home, get you doing some proper work. We'll see you tomorrow, readers. Bye-bye. Bye.